I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So, Hormone Harmony is for any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances, and it's perfect for symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone if you know what I mean, and also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code MAGIC for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you.
I feel like my experience with people often when they learn our channels is like, oh, of course I know that about myself, but like, doesn't everyone do that? Like, can't everyone do that? It's like, no, that's your thing, you know? So I think it kind of reminds us of like, what are our unique gifts? Now let the magic begin. Hello, Jaima. Jaima, it is Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, the podcast. This is the fifth human design episode with the one and only Erin Claire Jones, Your Own Magic's human design guide. And so we decided to dive a little deeper into human design. In this episode, we talk about channels, what the channels of our charts mean, what the gates mean when you look at the planetary activations and other explorations of our chart. And we expanded more on decision-making for each type along with overcoming challenges. But Erin Claire Jones always has something new to bring to the table. For those of you who are not familiar with human design, I highly recommend listening to part one or two or even three or four as Erin does give a brief overview of what human design is. I believe in all of the episodes. I decided she could save her breath this episode because we've talked about it so much, but I can share human design is a logical system that brings together principles of the I Ching, astrology, Kabbalah, the chakra system, and quantum physics. And Erin says that human design sheds light on your emotional, psychological, and energetic makeup, giving you the self-awareness and tools to align with your nature and step into your highest potential in every area of your life, in your career, partnerships, and relationships. Not only does it offer unparalleled insight into your unique nature, it equips you with self-sufficient tools you can use for life to consistently perform at the top of your personal and professional game. I just pulled this from her website because I figured however she lays it out will likely be the best explanation for you to hear in summary. So if you are curious to learn more about human design, go to erinclairjones.com. She does offer a 30-page comprehensive guide laying out your design, how you are uniquely designed to make decisions and thrive. You can type in the discount code MAGIC for 10% off. I'm excited for us to dive deeper into human design together with Erin Claire Jones. This episode is also brought to you by my favorite meal delivery company, Green Chef along with my favorite daily chocolate drink. (laughs) Well, I use a specific cacao for my chocolate drink, which is Cacao Bliss from Earth Echo Foods, along with an app I used many years ago, and it's nice to revisit and see how they have evolved, and it's one of the best meditation apps out there, one of the most well-known apps out there for meditation, Headspace. How Euromagic manifested that, I do not know, but I am so honored that they sponsor Euromagic, that all three sponsor Euromagic, and you can learn more about them in the show notes along with in the middle of the episode. Supporting them also supports the podcast. So thank you so much, dear listener, and I'm excited to get on with the show. And now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Erin 
Claire Jones. One, Erin, we can just jump right in. I feel like the listeners know you very well already, and you have helped us out with human design in a variety of ways. And if anybody is listening to this for the first time, this human design episode, I highly recommend also checking out part one, two, three. I'm going to list all of Erin's episodes in the show notes, but we might as well just jump right in. And I was looking at my chart and I was looking at what they call channels. Mm. And I noticed that my channels are of inspiration, a design of a creative role model, the channel of awareness, a design of a creative thinker, the channel of recognition, a design of focus energy. So what are these channels? What do they mean? Not only mine specifically, but in general. Yeah. So channels are like, think of them as kind of our innate strengths. They're kind of the things that make us us. It's not a thing where you learn your channel and you're like, okay, here's my to-do list of how I can make it happen. Like when we're living our design, these things naturally express. And so there's not so much we have to do and more just like a thing that we can honor and lean into it even more. I feel like my experience with people often when they learn our channels is like, oh, of course I know that about myself, but like, doesn't everyone do that? Like, can't everyone do that? It's like, no, that's your thing, you know? So I think it kind of reminds us of like, what are our unique gifts? So for you, one of your channels is around creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, And these will just be kind of examples. There are 36 of them. Um, so the channel about creativity is all around the fact that like, you're just here to be creative role model. Like you're really here to express yourself in a kind of very unique, bold and different way. And it's by doing that, that you really empower other people to be kind of bold and courageous and unique in their expression. And because it's creativity, it really means that it's good to like have avenues that allow you to feel really creatively expressed, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it is the work that you do, making art, like how you dress, what you wear, how you share, just like really honoring that. And I often find that these people are such natural leaders and they don't often like care that much about being followed. Yeah, (laughs) They're just like, they're just like, I'm going in this direction. I'm being myself and other people are so inspired to kind of follow and go in that direction with them, which obviously it feels like the podcast is a beautiful expression of that. But I think that the question for you to always ask yourself is just like, do I feel creatively expressed and do I feel kind of like authentically expressed in whatever it is that I'm doing? Well, I'm happy that you brought this up and said that because there has been a piece of me for a long time. I've talked about this on the podcast a lot recently. Um, I grew up with the theater as my second home as a little actress. And, you know, I went to performing arts high school, then to performing arts college Mm. after high school. And acting was my world till I gave it up after a traumatic experience. And then this past decade, you know, I've been I've been missing it, especially Mm. recently. And because of you know, COVID, it was like going back to the drawing board or like, how else do I want to show up in this one human life I have for this human, this particular human? And I was like, I know I'll regret not getting back into acting. If I'm seven years old and I look back, I'll regret, I'll regret it. So Mm. I am taking a bold leap and going back to that. And I'm so excited to express that creative part of myself. Oh, I'm so (laughs) excited for you. That's amazing. And I think that like you're, you've got such a strong identity in your design. And so it is, I think, so important for your work. And to me, I see this in you, but like, it's probably going to keep evolving and changing for just like your work and whatever it is you do to just feel like such a creative, authentic expression of you. You know, and so like, and, and the thing is the energy of this channel of this strength is so much around newness. It's around kind of doing things differently, leading the way, like we call it very mutative in human design, kind of just like 
innovating. So it's like not doing things in the way that you've seen other people do them, but really kind of trusting that you're here to express things in a really kind of unique and different way. Oh, this is so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun talking about channels. Okay. You want to hear about the other ones? Okay. So the 61, okay. So the one around the creative thinker, I think is what there's different names for it, but it's Mm -hmm. also called the channel kind of awareness of thinking and it is for those curious about the numbers. It is the sixty-one twenty-four. The last one I talked about was the one-eight. Um, I also have that sixty-one twenty-four channel, like you, and it really is around. You're just kind of here to like explore qu- big questions around the world and the universe, like explore kind of like the mystical and like what's happening, and just like always like really here to bring like new powerful insights into the world. I had a session this week with somebody who I think the like traditional name is maybe called like the occult, the occult this one is I'm not sure Mm. but I think it is but anyways I was doing a session this week with somebody that had this and he's like just applied to like a divinity school and I just felt like that was such a cool expression you know I'm just like thinking and exploring and just kind of like exploring these big questions and I think one thing for you to know about this one is that like it's very spontaneous and you might find that your Mm. insights come in a really spontaneous non-linear unpredictable way yes it's not like you can be like I want the answer and it comes it's more like I can create space for the answer and when it comes I'll be ready you know and so really kind of embracing that and also for you like this is a really powerful mental energy but if you try to kind of like use all that powerful mental energy to like figure out your own life it's going to drive you a little bit crazy. So it's a good reminder for you that like your mind is really here to inspire other people through all the things that you're considering and exploring. And your job is not to kind of make sense of your own decisions and your own life with your mind, but more to kind of just explore all the questions and let that exploration inspire others. What the hell, Erin? Everything you just Tell me said. Tell Oh my God. <laughs> this resonates so deeply. And it also honestly brings a lot of compassion for myself, like knowing that, okay, whenever I go into those moments where I am driving myself crazy because I feel like I have to focus on like one thing and master it. And it's like, no, there's a variety Mm. of things I'm here to explore and it is going to happen spontaneously. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's totally okay. And it's just like creating space for it, you know? And I know that like we're both projectors and one of our biggest potential shadows in our design is like an overzealousness (laughs) and just like not knowing when to stop working. But if we get in that overzealous state where we're just like, working too hard, not taking breaks, like it makes us actually unavailable for all those insights and things to come through, you know? So I think taking good care of our energy also makes us more available for all those kind of powerful, intuitive, you know, spontaneous, next level insights to come in. So, so true. Dear listener, dear fellow seasoned meditators or beginner meditators, or even those who have yet to try meditation or they've dappled with meditation a bit, but may feel in some way it might seem daunting, I could totally understand. Well, when I was starting my meditation journey, one app I did use way back in the day, and it's still around today as perhaps one of the most popular apps, is Headspace. And I am so honored and thankful that Headspace is sponsoring this episode of Your Own Magic. And they have a special free month offer for Your Own Magic listeners when you go to headspace.com slash magic for your one month free trial. But let me share more about Headspace, which I am so happy to have revisited this app after all these years. And I must say their app has evolved in a way that is fit for everyone. In fact, right now, some of you may know that I have a ritual I use before I get into a flow state and that is meditating and then making myself some sort of 
tea or coffee or cacao drink <laughs> and I've been using Headspace this week and I must say I started with their focus course finding focus which is perfect because it's around 10 minutes just slightly over and their teacher Andy his voice is so soothing and he is a former Buddhist monk and Andy has guided people in meditation and mindfulness for 20 years. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and they have so many options to cater to whatever your needs might be, whatever your situation is. Headspace is there to help you feel better if you're overwhelmed. Headspace has this section called SOS where there's a three-minute meditation dedicated for your specific need, along with techniques and support to help deepen your practice. So whatever your obstacle might be, whether you feel like you experience anxiety during your meditation, or you end up sleeping while you're meditating, or even if there's a physical pain such as stiffness or cramps. So that's so helpful that they provide these techniques and support for you. And this might be the coolest part, Headspace can even help you tune into the moment with focus music specially curated by Headspace Chief Music Officer John Legend. No big deal. <laughs> If you need help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, by the way, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Hence why it is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits with 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. So Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. And might I add, I think it's so cool that they have a live meditation option where you can join in on a group meditation with other people in the world just knowing that you are there meditating. Me personally, I prefer a unguided meditation. So they do have that option, especially for the seasoned meditators, but they do have the guided options, which I'm using for finding focus, and they also have semi-guided meditations. So really, it's your one-stop shop for all kinds of help with meditation, and they make it simple and easy and also make you want to add it to your daily routine so you can hold yourself accountable with meditating, which is one of the biggest obstacles most people face, you know? Why not try this a month for free? So you deserve to feel happier and Headspace is a meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com magic. That's headspace.com slash magic for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash magic today. And that info is in the show notes, headspace.com slash magic for your free one month trial. And now on with the show. Gold. Your next one, I have two. I have the two of your three. I have two of them. That's so um, crazy. I know. Out of it's probably why we like each other so much. Yeah. That, no wonder. No wonder. <laughs> 
thunder. And I was also, my design birth is close to yours. Like, what is this? This is so weird. I know. We discovered we're three months apart, <laughs> which feels special. So, um, okay. So the next one is called the 4130. I think that you called it the design of focus energy. It's also, I think of it as kind of the strength of like possibility and hope. And it basically is this drive that you might feel to just like for new experiences, like just kind of this restlessness of like, I just like want new things to gain wisdom from. I want new things to learn from. I know this so well. I imagine yep. you do too. Um, and one of your biggest lessons is that like, even though you might kind of fantasize and dream about like all the things that could be, it's like not always about like jumping into those things immediately. Right. It's like really taking your time to feel into it, to know which ones you're actually available for, to not let that hunger cause you to kind of make impulsive, spontaneous regret decisions that you regret. Um, and also knowing that you've got such a gift for, again, not making all your fantasies and dreams happening, but like really just like inspiring people through like the possibilities and dreams and things that you share. So letting them kind of really inspire the people around you. You know, I know not everyone will be a fan of Obama, but like this was Obama's one channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a good expression of that energy of just like inspiring hope, you know, oh. and possibility and like kind of letting people know it's possible. But again, I think the biggest lesson for both of us and for anyone with this channel is again knowing that like yes you're so driven to experience these things and kind of have these powerful things that you learn from and gain wisdom from but really being so conscious about which ones you choose and really taking your time before you jump into any of them oh my gosh absolutely yep 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 do you feel (laughs) that one thousand percent every word that you said and Oh my gosh. I also, because I do want to just explore a variety of things all the time. And I talk about this. And I, I really crave novelty. That's one of the reasons why though, trust me, I love this podcast. This podcast is staying, but I'm ready to open back into something completely new that, you know, is going to challenge me in a variety of ways. Well, it's so funny because like the channels also fall within themes. Mm. And so two of your channels fall within a theme of basically just like, I love like basically novelty of like innovation, (laughs) newness, like, you know what I mean? Just like, I'm like not here to just like share the things I've always shared or like, it's more like I'm going to here to bring in new ideas and new inspirations and new things to the world. And if I don't feel like there's a new thing that I'm creating, it's probably going to feel like a little bit challenging for me. So I think that, again, it doesn't mean that like you throw away the things, but it's more like, how can I just make sure it always feels like there's something new that I'm creating and exploring because I know that's going to really bring me so much satisfaction. Always so happy to bring in something new and evolve. And that's what I've been thinking a lot for this particular podcast. I'm like, all right. I need, I need something. I need to spice it up in some way for myself. Yeah. Anyway, wait, what's your other one? Your other channel? So I actually have, okay, let's see. I have, I'm looking at your chart. So now I'm like, you know, um, discombobulated, but I have the, the, I just got to work my way up the chart. I've got the 4130, the one we just talked about, kind of inspiring hope and possibility. I've got the 3254. And that channel is basically this like real drive and ambition to like be successful and do well and like all these things. But it's really all about finding success by being really supported by other people and having the right allies and people around you. Love that. And also just so you guys know, I know a lot of you guys have your blueprint already, but um, the strength section of your blueprint goes through all your channels. And so that's going to kind of explore all those individual strengths for you. Then I also have the 1333, which is really around being a good listener and like being a good collector of stories. Like so much of my gift is like hearing all the stories, sitting back, retreating, processing all the things I've learned, and then kind of sharing them with the world. Um, And then my last one is the 4323 called also Freak to Genius. And it's like similar to the like thinker one that we talked about because they're very directly connected. But it basically is around the fact that like I'm just here to bring really like freaky new weird insights into the world. And like, and if I'm like not waiting to be invited in to share them and if I'm not 
you know, really putting energy towards structuring them in a way that is really useful for people, then I can be seen as like a total freak. <laughs> but if I'm like really like invited in, I really like put thought to delivering it in a way that makes it obvious to other people that I'm like can be seen as like an absolute genius. And so it's just it, that's been such a helpful one for me, because I think when I was young, I, you know, I think that I like couldn't really make people understood, understand the things that I saw. And I was just like, and it was frustrating. And so it's really been so important oh. to be like, I'm here to be invited in. Yeah. And I'm also really here to be so thoughtful about how I share things because how I see it might not be obvious <laughs> to other people yeah. because we all see it in such different ways. And look at you now, especially I can see you're on this wave of momentum of you know, really sharing and spreading human design and more and more people are opening up to it, you know, and it yeah. seems to have a trickle effect where, you know, they were slowly opening up to it. And now it seems like a big boom where a lot of people are opening up to it. And a lot of people yeah. are turning to you because you do deliver it through your inner genius and you've been invited to. So uh, that's so perfectly said. Yay. If you, if no one would believe in this stuff and you were sharing this, you're right. People would think you're batshit, but. And, and they were at the beginning. You know I'm what sure. I mean? They're just like, what is she talking about? You know? So it, it's like, and again, it's that same energy that we talked about with the two of, that you have of just like that newness. And again, like sometimes it's like, again, these like insights that can feel like kind of light years ahead, but like it just, you know, they're not going to make sense until it's the right time. And I think that was so much of my lesson with human design. Like I discovered in 2015, I built a business around it for two and a half years and it felt like no one was interested. Wow. And like, I mean, some people, of course, but I was just like, I actually can't force the timing of this. Like I, I know that there's gold in the system, but I also can't predict when people will be ready. And it really wasn't until early 2018 that it just felt like the doors open and it's really just been a rocket ship since then. But like, it was such a lesson for me. It's like, I might see these things, but it doesn't mean that like they're seen at the same time as the people around me. And so I've got to trust myself enough to pursue them and yeah. also be patient for the right timing to share. Oh, beautiful. Dear listener, allow me to highlight a few reasons why you may want to consider Green Chef as your next meal delivery service, if you haven't already. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. We like that, <laughs> where you can enjoy clean ingredients that you can trust. They are seasonally sourced for peak freshness. And ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped, so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying the delicious home-cooked meals. I prefer simplicity, and Green Chef has made that easy for me. This is my favorite part, is that Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box. So you can feel great, about what you're eating and how it got to your table, knowing that this is an environmentally friendly company, which I fully support. So this sold me 100%. Also, I mean, Green Chef makes eating well, easy and affordable and has many plans to suit a variety of lifestyles, whether you're vegan or keto or paleo, vegetarian, or you simply just are looking for healthier meals to eat, healthier options. There's a range of recipes to suit any diet or preference. The Green Chef's vegan and vegetarian recipes are high in plant proteins and rich in omega-3s. Thought that would be important to point out. So there's some highlights. And I'll tell you, my new favorite is the orange miso tofu. Well, man, but I also really love the cauliflower couscous bowl and pesto flatbread. But oh man, yeah, the orange miso tofu, I have the vegan plan 
and so far that's my favorite meal and I've made quite a bit of them now so and my parents by the way when I was with them they are picky eaters actually no they're not really picky eaters but they're honest eaters and they both found the meal to be so delicious and gourmet they were shocked I tell you shocked that I made it because they know I am a lazy cook and like to make things as easy and simple as possible which Green Chef did make that possible and I'll tell you what it was easy and simple to make so with that being said Green Chef is gifting your own magic listeners an amazing offer. Go to greenchef.com slash 90magic and use code 90magic to get $90 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash 90, so numerical 90magic, and use code 90magic to get $90 off, including free shipping. I highly recommend looking at the show notes just to double check because it's a unique code, but it's 90magic, all one word, no spaces, no caps. 90magic to get $90 off, including free shipping. Did I mention that Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well? Well, there's another highlight for you. Now you know, and now on with the show. Beautiful. How many channels do we have? Because I I thought that I only had three. You have three. Yes, and then it's different. It's different. Okay, so some people have so six. You could have you could have one. You could have ten. You could have zero. Wow, interesting. So and and I it's a good reminder that like having more channels is not better. You know, like with all these things in human design, it's just like it's just different. You know, if you have one channel, then like it's basically around like there's going to be such a concentrated strength mm-hmm. and like powerful expression of energy in that channel. If you have no channels, which would mean that you're a reflector, um, you know, it's because you have access to all them, just not consistently. So you're kind of tapping into all of it. But again, it's really just not relying on one of them, but exploring all of them and kind of enjoying that exploration. Oh, so interesting to know. So reflectors don't feel bad when you look at it and you don't see one of your channels, you have access to all of them. That's beautiful. All of them. Yes. yes. And also if you only have one, that's also beautiful because there is a concentration. That's something you can really leverage. 100%. I love that. And then I know that there are 64 gates, which they correspond with the 64 hexagrams of I Ching. And I also noticed that Gene Keys has 64 Gene Keys. So there's a lot of different parallels. And when I look at gates, you know, I read it, I'm like, this sounds interesting, but I don't really know what it's talking about. It says there's a number and then it says something like grace, the gate of openness. What in the world is that? And do you mind elaborating on it? Yeah. So there are the gates basically make up the channels. And so if you look at your chart, you'll see that there are either there are basically like a lot of like little red and black lines. And some of them might connect up in a full line where it's a full line between two colored and centers or it might just be all kind of a little partial. Mm-hmm. And so a channel is a full line between two centers. And that basically is a strength that you always have the energy for and can always rely on. Whereas the gate is a half of it, but it's not, if you don't have that whole strength, it means that that energy is there within you sometimes, but not all the time. And it takes kind of being around people to like activate and pull it out of you. So like when I sit with people, my focus is often on the channels because that's kind of the energy they can always rely on. Gotcha. But like say that I would do a partnership session, then we would definitely look at the gates because you start to see like, okay, you have this gate and then you have the other half and together you guys activate this entirely new energy, you know? And so we're often kind of drawn to people that kind of meet us halfway and bring kind of the other piece that we don't carry. 
that makes sense. Kind okay, interesting. Kind of like, can you give an example of you and your partner? You, yeah, but let me actually give an example on your chart. Like okay. you, okay, so like you have what we call gate twenty two, and again, like part of why I don't talk about gates is it's just like a jargony thing that can be make people feel a little bit confused, as is probably happening right now. <laughs> so don't give up on the podcast. <laughs> Keep listening, um, but we'll make it clear. So basically, like you've got all this emotional depth in your design. Like you just have this depth, you have this experience, but you might not always be able to communicate your emotions and exactly what it is you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is according to your design, obviously take it or leave it. But when you're around the right people or in the right environment, it basically kind of pulls your emotions out of you. And you might find that you're more able to communicate what you're feeling and give voice to it. 1000%. 1000%. Of course, I've gotten used to opening up on the podcast, obviously. But man, when I'm around someone that I don't really know or I'm uncomfortable yep. with, I am a stutter bug. I have a hard time expressing myself or I would rather just shut down. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how wildly different we can be when, when we're comfortable. Totally. And it's just like, and also when we're around people that like hook us up in the right ways and kind of bring out the other pieces in us, you know? And so like yeah. for you, it's not about like, how can I always speak my emotions? It's like, you know, I know I have so much depth and so much to share, but I'm also not going to force it until yeah. that voice feels really accessible to me and I feel able to. And like another example for you is that like, you know, as we talked about, you could have all these kind of powerful ideas and insights and thoughts, mm-hmm. but you might not always know exactly how to communicate them or at the right time or like know how to kind of conceptualize them in a way that like makes it obvious to other people. But when you're around the other people and they kind of activate this other gate in you, then you might find that you're able to kind of communicate your insights and knowing so um, beautifully and clearly and in a way that really makes sense to people. Oh, that's so beautiful. So then I guess it's okay to honor the moments where I don't feel open to talk because perhaps there's just not a alignment there. Something yep. that might be part of however their human design is. It's it's okay for me to not open up for whatever reason. Totally. You know, and just like waiting for Cause again, those voices of speaking your emotions and all those wild insights, like they're accessible, but not all the time. Right. You know? And so I think that's where those gates can be useful of just like really understanding like the qualities that we carry, but also like the pressures we might feel and, how it's not about kind of reacting to that pressure, but just kind of waiting for the right moment for those things to come out. But yeah, they correspond to the gene keys, the I Ching, all of that. And so they're really powerful to dive into for sure. Um, but I also like my focus is really on how to make human design so relevant to our lives in a way that we can really use it. And sometimes when we go super into all the gates, then we kind of like get mm-hmm. really mental about it. And then we're not actualizing it all. So it is kind of finding that healthy balance of exploring, but not in a way that really Um, causes us to find less alignment or get in our head about those things. That's so true because if we keep, if we really dive into our chart, we have all these things in the back of our mind. We may overanalyze and just not be present in a situation, which I've definitely been guilty of, Yeah, but it was, it is good to know. I was just really curious and I'm happy that you addressed it. Like what are these gates and why are they significant? It seems like I have so many. So we all have, I think 26 gates. Okay. Okay. And then when we don't have one, what does that mean? Okay. So based Basically, like the so, and again, the gates are going to be the things that are colored, and um, and then when you don't, it's going to be white. Mm-hmm. So we all have a certain number of gates, and you'll see those on the columns on, of either side side of your yeah. chart. And basically, when it is colored, and it means that like that's an energy that is kind of offering a filter. It's like a thing that you bring to the table. And if it's white, it basically is where you're receiving energy from other people. I'm seeing like red and black. Yes. So red and black gates can be red or black. There will be 13 red, 13 black. Okay. Black are the things that you're conscious and aware of. Red are the things that you're maybe less conscious of, but other Ah. people see in you. 
And then white are the areas where you're taking in other people's energy. Gotcha. So you might experience these energies and these strengths and these channels and these gates for periods of time, but they're not like always present within you. It might feel like a little bit unfamiliar. And but it is like you're experiencing it as you kind of go through life, but they're not that's not really energy that you can rely on. And so think of the white areas of your design, whether it is the shapes or the lines in between as your receptors and where you're the most sensitive to other people. What are the significance of each shape? So the shapes are what we call our energy centers in human design. And for those who have their blueprint, you'll find your open centers in the distraction section. Um, And basically the areas that are colored in are the areas that you're drawing your energy from and the things that are operating in the most kind of consistent, reliable way. And the areas that are white and open are the areas where you are the most open, sensitive, receptive to other people's energy. Why this is in the distraction section is because these are the areas that can take you really off track Okay. because you can get lost in like all this energy that's not yours, but it's also the areas where you have like the most to learn and the most potential wisdom. And so like, for example, for you, like, you know, you've got what we call an open ego center. Mm -hmm. And it basically means that you might sometimes have an inconsistent sense of self-esteem and willpower, Mm -hmm. which means sometimes you might be like, I'm the best, really so talented. (laughs) I deserve all things, you know, and other times you're like, I don't know, I really okay. And like, Uh so your self-esteem and willpower can vacillate and the shadow for you would be trying to prove yourself, over committing Mm -hmm. to things, over compensating, over promising, just to kind of prove your worth and prove that you're not. And so much of the wisdom of your design, the lesson of your design is knowing that there's nothing to prove. Mm. And if you're ever committing to something out of a desire to prove yourself, it's often just not the right motivation for you. Mm. All spot on. How do you feel about that? Well, spot on. And it's like, you know, when people point out your shadows and your ego, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh Uh-huh. I know. (laughs) Totally. It's so, so true. It's so, so, so true. Yes. And that's why, see, I've been looking at a lot of different systems lately that are shared in mostly the spiritual community, just like re-looking at things from an outside perspective, not so skeptic, but more so like really questioning does this resonate is this true and there and for whatever reason human design really does hit home and it was even the founder who said something about like don't believe me you know find out for yourself or something like that and it's so true it's like it simply makes sense when you dive in and dive deeper and that's why even though gates and everything else can be confusing when you dive deeper I think that's actually what brings it more power because if I only learn about the type and even the authority yeah like it makes sense but I always want to know more for it to really ring true so this is yeah really helpful I mean there's there are so many deeper layers and it's just a real balance of like you know, what, how, what level of information do we need to actually like use it in our lives? And often like you can use it and you can keep going back. Like you're like, I know my type, I know my authority, I'm ready for more. So I think that like, just, if you're just starting out, like, I just want to remind you that like the intention is not to like learn all the details off the bat, like take your time with it. Like let the information integrate. My focus, like I said, is so much around like, not how can we memorize all the details, but how can we just like use human design in our lives to like live better lives and feel more alignment in our lives, you know? Um, but but also, so just an example, so that would be an open area where you have a big lesson to learn, but you also have areas, six of your nine centers are colored in. Yeah. And it basically means that like, that's the energy that you're projecting out into your into the world. Mm-hmm. But um, you can also, of course, be in the shadow of all those things. So like a big area for you, and I'm sure we've talked about it before, 
is that you have what we call a defined emotional center. This is because you're an emotional projector mm-hmm. like me. Yep. And it means that you project your emotions out into the world and you set the tone of your space. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if you're like really like in a good mood and you're feeling amazing, mm-hmm. you probably feel amazing to be around. And like when you're in an emotional low, which is supernatural, mm-hmm. like people will feel it, yep. you know, and so much of the lesson is just like, okay, like I, I'm becoming aware that I impact and set the emotional tone of my space. So how can I be so conscious of when I'm around people and when I'm hermiting? Oh, so Does that makes sense. Good. Yeah, one million percent. And I can think of a variety of scenarios where this really dawned on me. And I didn't know that was because of my design. I just thought that that was, you know, somebody comes in and they yeah. set the tone. Um, but I do recognize. And, and I also thought maybe this is my own illusion because I thought because this is how I'm feeling. So I think people are responding to it, but maybe they're not, but perhaps maybe they really are. They are. are. And also in ways that like, I think that I had this and like, I was just like, no, 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 I'm super stoic. You know, no no one feels it. And (laughs) I was just so wrong, you know? So it was like a good thing to be aware of, but this is an area in which it can be, it reveals how useful this can be in relationship because like, say somebody has a center that's colored in and they're projecting out their energy and the other person has a center that that same center that's white, meaning they're taking in all that energy, mm. you know? And so like for me with my partner, I project out all my emotions. He's got a very open emotional center. He takes it and amplifies all my feelings, you know? So it's been so useful to be aware of that dynamic. So it's not him thinking that his, my feelings are his, you know, and like knowing when to take space and all the stuff, you know? So it's so useful kind of in relationships to know where we're impacting each other and how to kind of be really conscious of that. That's really, really nice. It's so nice that he's open to discussing this and diving into his design and diving into your design. So that way you both can better understand each other and communicate. And that brings a lot of harmony to the relationship, I'm sure. A hundred percent, you know, and I think it is just like human design, whether or not you want to like tell somebody that like, I'm an emotional authority and I have a two, four profile. Like you can also just speak about these things, you know, like I just have emotional lows and when I have that, I want to hermit, you know, or just like, or I need my time with decisions. Like I think that we can also just ask for what we want and what we need without always getting into the human design lingo, lingo. But I think human design, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I think the magic of human design is not about telling us stuff we don't know. It's reminding us of all the things that we definitely do know and haven't really kind of allowed ourselves to fully step into and own. Mm, Beautiful. This is everything that we know. It just is bringing a language and understanding around it. 100%. So one other big lesson for you Mm -hmm. um, is you've got an open sacral center, which will be true for all projectors and reflectors and manifestors. Mm. And one of your biggest potential shadows, and I referenced this earlier, is an overzealousness and doing too much and like not knowing when to stop and just like going 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 and 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 so much of the wisdom me too (laughs) so much of the wisdom of this center is around knowing that your gift is not in your ability to do to do but in your ability to kind of guide and ask the right questions and really honoring the ebbs and flows of your energy and not getting lost in the doing and just so you know how the gates relate to that, like the gate that informs your experience of that is you literally have the gate of saying yes. And so, so do I. And so you might just really have this like tendency to just like say yes, say yes, say yes. And so again, so much of your lesson is like really pulling back, not saying yes to everything, taking your time with decisions and really kind of trusting that your gift is so much again and not how much you do, but really like how you see in your perspective. For you as a projector, like, you know, knowing that it's really around making sure that you're saying yes to the things where you feel so recognized and invited in. And there's like certain placements in terms of our gates in level of like importance in some ways, but like you're literally like most important gate is like, is that one (laughs) is like really around that kind of just like commitment that you bring when it is the right thing. 
Um, so just okay. again, being so conscious of like what you're committing to so that you're not um, overextending yourself or kind of getting in commitments or experiences that aren't really for you. Now, when we look at our future, for example, how I am reshaping my future and I'm making decisions that are going to dictate the course of my future and new decisions as well. For anybody that is making a big life decision, what would you recommend looking at when they look at their chart? And I'm curious if we should also look at our North Node. No, not for decisions. I literally just posted about this on Instagram today because the nodes are very different in astrology than they are in human design. Yeah. So, um, so they don't really carry the same meaning, but basically when it comes to decisions, it's all about your inner authority mm-hmm. because human design is not about telling you where you'll be in five years or mm-hmm. a year or making a 10 year plan. It's teaching you how to tap into your inner knowing so that you can make the best decision for you each moment and trust that one decision like that after another is what will lead to the most alignment in your life. Absolutely. You know, so it's, it's not about planning, which there was probably a tendency for all of us to try to do. But for you, it's like, for example, because you're an emotional authority, Mm -hmm. it's not about jumping into anything. It's really about taking your time, sleeping on things, feeling into things, making you, making sure you feel a deep sense of invitation and recognition in every decision that you make and knowing that making like taking your time with decisions and making sure you feel that sense of recognition will lead you in the perfect direction. Which by the way, has helped immensely, immensely for new decisions. I do take my time with them. I'm right now I'm making another big decision and I'm just taking my time with it and it just feels so good to do that. Buying yourself time is like always the right decision for you, you know, and it's not like endless time it might be a day two three in terms of the nodes so basically this is going to be just like a certain placement for a gate okay you will have gates that are in your south nodes and north nodes and the south nodes kind of speak to our first 40 years in life the north nodes they're like the second 40 years but it's not really about like your purpose and more just like the environment that you see around you you know and for you it's so much around kind of being surrounded by like wisdom and role models and authorities um, and also around kind of just like trial and error and like people like figuring things out and experimenting and making mistakes. So it's more about just like what we witness than it is around kind of our expression of our purpose. Yeah. And yours are in the gates that they're in are really in the gates around influence, kind of carrying this natural influence for people, which you're doing, obviously, where like mm-hmm. people want to know like how you're doing things and how you're talking about things and what you're doing. And you've also got the the gate of like kind of sharing stories of, again, like listening to the people, gathering all the stories and kind of reflecting back all the things that you've learned. Right. So it feels like to me, both those things are being expressed so beautifully right now. Privacy, and I don't usually always use the traditional names. It basically just means that like you collect stories and you need to retreat so that you can process all the things that you've learned and then share. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Yep. So the privacy is just giving yourself that space to retreat so that you can like really um, embody and integrate the lessons that are learned. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So what else do you recommend for anybody that is looking at whether it be a big or small new change in their life? What else do you recommend that they look at when it comes to their design, maybe looking at each type or yeah. whatever? Yeah. I think that like, it's, it is really useful to look at our type when we're making decisions. So like that, the authority kind of helps us know, which opportunities are right for us. But our type is so useful because it helps us know like how we best express our energy in the world. And so like as a projector, it's so much around like, again, you're not here to be a doer. You're here to be a leader and a guide. Like, is this an opportunity where you feel so recognized and appreciated for your guidance and your perspective and how you see? 
you know, for a manifester, like you're really not here to be a doer either, but here to be like an initiator. Like you're really here to kind of bring new ideas to life and just feel like really free and autonomous and in control. So like, is this opportunity like a really inspired thing you're bringing to life? And do you feel like so free to do it on your own terms and in your own way? Because you might feel the most restricted and limited if like you're told how to do it, which is never really going to work for you. Um, generators are so much around doing what they desire, what they're lit up by, what they're excited. Like they really do have the energy to like, do and build and make things happen when they're lit up. So like, does this opportunity and thing feel like a thing that you're just like so energized and so excited by and like can't wait to be doing every day? Or does it feel like a thing that you think you should do, you know? And like, and it might lead to a thing, but not actually because you're satisfied by it. Like your personal satisfaction is like the most important thing. Um, manifesting generators, you know, also these doers are making sure that you really are so lit up and excited by what you're doing. But the magic of manifesting generators is in kind of their multi-passionate, multifaceted nature. So like, is it the thing that you have the energy for right now? And if it's no longer the thing you have the energy for, like, can you give yourself permission to like pivot and move on to the next thing? you know, and also maybe it's multiple things at once, you know. Um, and then I think for reflectors, their gift is also so much in how they see and their perspective and how they can kind of like sense what's happening in a environment community team. And so are the is this opportunity one where you feel like your perspective is so recognized and invited in? And people really honor the fact that you just operate very uniquely and differently. And also so much of being a reflector is around appreciating kind of the fluidity of your life and energy where it's like there will be periods where you feel like a generator, like a projector, like a manifesting generator, like a manifester. And so your job is never to show up in just one way, but to kind of really embrace the fact that you're meant to show up in all the ways. And it's really just kind of tuning into what feels like the most authentic expression of your energy in the moment. In the moment. Oh, so good. So now let's say that they are, they found what they love to do and they are thriving, but there are some challenges that they're facing. How do they approach, how does each type listen and approach those challenges to overcome them? Yeah. So I think that if we're going to start with projectors, like, you know, and this is an area where I would say areas to really look at are your strategy yeah, and your not self and maybe your profile, but just to keep it simple to the strategy and not self. So like if you're a projector, your strategy is that waiting to be recognized and invited in. So maybe you like have all these gifts and you see the world and you feel like you're like, oh my God, I, I know so much and I have so much to share, but you're not waiting to be invited in to share them. You're initiating, you're chasing after things and you're experiencing a lot of resistance. Whereas like where you're going to thrive the most is, is when people like recognize your gifts and invite you in to share them. So kind of noticing where you're trying to initiate versus kind of waiting to be invited in. I just want to remind people that, or especially the projectors, that like it's not a passive strategy. Like part of being a projector is around recognizing your gifts and then like making yourself visible and letting people know that you exist so that people can invite you in. But knowing that when people are like, I'm ready for you, that's when you can have the most impact. And, and often a signal of resistance or being off track for us is a sense of bitterness where it's like you feel like you see so much, but also that people are not inviting you in to share it. So it's causing some level of bitterness within you. So if you're starting to feel kind of an overwhelming or consistent sense of bitterness in an area of your life, it really is an invitation to step back and ask yourself, like, am I honoring the ebbs and flows of my energy? Do I feel invited in? Do I feel recognized? Am I honoring my authority? Mm. When I got into this career that I am in now with podcasting, I did wait for the invite to even create one. But then I was thinking about, okay, with the acting career, it's going to be interesting 
to have to wait for the invite for that success to arise. Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't let it be like a limiting thing. It's more, it doesn't always have to be super formal. Like it could be energetic, you know, and like you can reach out to have people on the podcast, but like you'll yes. know if it feels yes. good or not, you know, like whether you feel recognized or not. But I think that like the, the invitation piece is so key in terms of like who you're working with, who you're sharing your gifts with, who you're partnering with, who you're dating, who you're living with. And just like, you know, you don't need an invitation to like study a system or go to Bali, you know, it's more just around like who's close to you and do you feel seen and recognized by them? And like, you know, as a actor, like your job is to make yourself visible so that people can invite you in, you know, and if you feel recognized, lean into it. And I would also say that for you, because of your profile, like so many of your opportunities are meant to come from like your community and your network and the people that you know. And so I would really keep them in the loop of what you're seeking, what you're exploring, because you might find that the most, um, yeah, that they, they come most naturally just from like the connections that you already have or the ones that you're building. And I've already been doing that. So that is really good to know. And it's so, so spot good. on. How about for the other types? So for generators and manifesting generators, their strategy is letting things come to them and waiting for things to spark a gut response in them before they go after it. And so they're also not here to like initiate or come up with something out of thin air, but waiting for things to like land in their world, whether it's an Instagram, a text message, an email, and see what it kind of sparks and really like invigorates and excites within them. And once they get that gut response, then they can like go after it. So, you know, if you're feeling a lot of resistance, I would ask, like, are you letting things come to you? Like, are you trusting your magnetism? Or are you like trying to come up with things out of thin air and just like force it before the time is there, time is ready? Because the letting things come to you and letting it spark a gut response basically just helps you know like what you have the energy for and when to make it happen. The other aspect of that is the signal of being not aligned for both types is frustration. And so if you're feeling kind of this like constant resentment, dissatisfaction, frustration in the work that you do, it's a real opportunity to kind of step back and ask yourself like, am I lit up by this thing? Did I let it come to me? Am I trusting my authority? And kind of pull your energy out of that thing until your gut pulls you back in. Absolutely. For them, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it is like, you know, so many of us have like tried to be like the initiators and making things happen. Like one quick example, I had a client years ago now, but like she like basically like tried to come up with her dream idea out of like thin air. And she like did it and she like willed it into existence, you know, and made it happen. But then like she got to the job and she's like, this is like so unsatisfying and I really don't enjoy it. She's like, I really thought that I wanted it, but I just like kind of forced it to happen. And so she ended up quitting her job and then like got this and then a job came to her. She got so lit up by it. She made it happen. And it's been like just so wonderful to kind of witness that experience because it really kind of requires that something comes to you to let you know what you have the energy for and whether it's actually right for you. That is interesting for those of us that like to daydream, fantasize a lot, and then we start to live it a little bit and it's not exactly up to par and then something new comes along and that's exactly what lights you up. It's one of those things to keep in mind no matter what your type is. Totally. And like, again, you can like dream all the things, but again, the strategy helps us know how to enter into the right things. And yep. I mean, you've literally, as we talked about, have the channel of dreaming. And so like, it's natural for you to fantasize about all the things, but it's not about forcing it to happen, yep. but really kind of like letting the invitation, the emotional clarity guide you. If you're a manifester, so if we talk about strategy, so manifestors are really here to initiate. They're not here to wait for anything to come to them. They're here to kind of, as soon as they have that urge within them, trust that to kind of guide their energy and their behavior. And so the question I would ask you is like, 
if you're experiencing more resistance, like, are you trusting yourself to initiate and be the first, or are you trying to like follow someone else's path? Are you waiting things for things to come to you? Or are you following your urges when they arise? Like I had a session with a manifester yesterday and he and his way of making decisions was very instantaneous and super spontaneous. And so he would also have, he would often have like an urge to create and then like not trust it and sleep on it. And then just like drive himself crazy and like never make it happen. And I felt like he was experiencing so much resistance when like he was really here to like feel the urge and then just make it happen, you know, without even thinking about it. So kind of just noticing where you're not trusting that. Um, and also maybe where you're not letting the people around you know what you're going to do before you do it because it's by communicating to them and letting them know that you'll find a bit more ease probably in your process. And the communication is not about asking for permission. It's not about explaining yourself. It's literally like just giving people a heads up before you fly. Um, And their signal for being off track is anger, which is often like when their flow is being disrupted, when they don't feel like they're able to be in control and empowered in the way that they know that they want to be. And so if you're feeling really angry in a relationship or in an opportunity, again, see it as an opportunity to kind of step back and ask yourself, like, do I feel in control? Do I feel empowered? Can I do things on my own terms? Like letting it be a real signal to be like, am I doing this thing in a way that actually feels good for my energy and really works for me? Mm, That's so good. So manifestors, they really, I mean, they're best off doing something on their own terms. Yeah. I mean, and just like, and again, it doesn't mean they can't collaborate with people, but it just means that they thrive when they feel a sense of like freedom and autonomy and control. And so much of being a manifester is around bringing new ideas to life and doing things differently. And so like, if you're trying to like walk a path that's been walked before, build a business, how others are doing it, it just like might not feel good. And it can feel scary to do things differently because you haven't seen it modeled before, but like just beginning to trust that like you're here to be the first, you're here to show us a new way. And that can be really scary, but it is by doing that and trusting that, that it really kind of allows you to impact the right people and kind of inspires the right people to join you. Makes so much sense. I always have one manifester in mind for everything you say. And then I have a reflector in mind. Yes. Oh my God. It's so useful to have this, like these things modeled in real life and to kind of have people that you, you know, pair it with. So reflectors, um, So, you know, the reflector strategy listed on a lot of human design sites is around waiting a lunar cycle, like giving themselves a full 30 days before they make a decision. But that really is their authority, you know? So I I really see the reflector strategy as also waiting to be invited in, knowing that you're here to be initiated by others um, and like recognized by others for the gift of your perspective. But also as a reflector, you're really sensitive to your physical space. And part of what opens you up to the right people and the right opportunities is about being in the right space. And so the question I would ask you if you're feeling resistance is, do you feel like your perspective is invited in and recognized? Does the space that you're in feel good? Do the people you're around feel good? It's by being in the right space around the right people that really aligns you with the right flow. Um, And your sense of being off. And also, I guess the third question is like, are you taking your time with decisions and kind of operating on a sense of timing that works for you? Or are you making decisions from a place of pressure and like a rushed energy? Um, And the the sign for being off track for reflectors is disappointment, which can be a signal that they're in a space that doesn't feel good. It can also be a signal that they are trying to be just one thing and not really embracing and kind of the expansiveness and the fluidity of who they are. And so really kind of letting disappointment be a time to check in and be like, 
is this the right space for me? Like, do I feel appreciated from my perspective? Am I honoring my fluidity? And so as you kind of start to see with all these not self signals in our design, like they're not things to eradicate from our lives. Like these are meant to be tools that we use to course correct and like notice when they pop up and let it be an opportunity to kind of really reflect, ask ourselves some questions and kind of let it be fuel to get us back on track. This is so helpful. Yeah, someone who's not self is bitterness. There is something mm-hmm. I can think of that I feel a bit better about that I'm going to be mm-hmm. reflecting on and like the why and what yeah. adjustments I need to make in life because of it. Yeah. And also know that like invitations for projectors can like come with an expiration date. Like I remember with one of my former bosses, I would like get to this point where I would always like start to feel bitter. And it wasn't even that it was like not the right job for me. It was more Mm -hmm. that like I needed to have a conversation with him to like see if the invitation was still there and for it to kind of be renewed and like to be invited in in a new way. And so just like also checking in, I'm like, oh, the energy of this invitation is not there anymore. Like maybe it's no longer the right thing. Or maybe like we need to have a conversation. I need to kind of like re up that um, invitation. Absolutely. Who are we missing? We did them all. We did them- oh, so I, I group generators okay. and manifesting generators just because they share the strategy and the not self. So good. Oh, by the way, do you have a hard stop at one? No, but soon after. Okay, soon after. But we started a couple months later, yeah. Because I want to, I have a couple questions here oh, from ask them. Yeah, listeners. Yeah. This one I'll ask, let's see, how about we'll do Leah Berkeley, my girl Leah Berkeley. She came to my retreat, adore her. Um, she asks, if you know your chart basics, where can you dive deeper to learn more about the channel? Oh, the channels. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says, are there timing elements in a chart aspects that are more relevant later in life? Mm. So yeah, there are lots of books on channels. If you have your blueprint, which we have a discount code for, and it's basically a written guide that I make to your unique design covering all the pieces we talked about today, the channels will be in the strength section. Um, and that can be a cool way to kind of read over it. I think the discount code is magic. Yeah. It still is. Yes, magic. Um, but there are also some great books out there. There's the Definitive Guide to Human Design. It's a good book, but also very dense. So it's kind of really the best thing if you're like choosing to study human design. It might be a little bit overwhelming otherwise. But just be, I would say, just starting in general about the kind of resources that you choose. You know, human design is really meant to be a system that really empowers and supports you and not one that's meant to be disempowering in any way. So if you come across a piece that um, doesn't resonate or doesn't feel very useful, let it go. And then in terms of later in life, you know, our human design chart stays with us, you know, like it's, it's, that is kind of the blueprint to how we operate, but we're going to express it in different times as we get older. And so, and we'll be impacted differently by the planets and different environments and different people. So all that stuff will kind of inform it. Um, But I think that, you know, it is so much in human design about kind of reaching your prime later in life of it just becoming more and more expressed as we get older. um, And it kind of being fully expressed as we are like in our fifties and beyond. Yeah, because we're always evolving. So there's gonna be times when it does mm-hmm. really resonate. And then there are gonna be times it doesn't. But then when we zoom out and look at the overall picture of our life, the big picture it does seem to usually align. Yeah. And like, you know, the example of the creativity one's a good one. It's like, you're not going to creatively express yourself in the same way over your life, but you're probably always going to need to feel creatively expressed, yes. you know, and just kind of let it um, let that mature and evolve based on what feels most inspiring to you. Absolutely. And then, well, since we're uh, we were talking about books. This one's from Laura Martin. Best book recommendations. And we can expand it not only human design, but any other book recommendations. Mm. Yeah, I wish there were... I'm going to stick with Definitive Guide for to human, human Design for Human Design, even though it's the most dense, only because I think it's kind of the most... I find it just like the most accurate and the most valuable, but it, again, it's intense. And the intention of the blueprint is really just to like give you the information you need to know about your design, 
without having to learn all the things about human design, which not everyone wants to. Um, but there are an, there are two other books by Karen Curry Parker and Shaitan Parkin, which are a little bit lighter. Um, I don't love them quite as much as this one, but those can also be nice resources to start with. Um, books that I love. So I have to be honest that one thing I really started doing in 2020 was like reading a lot more fiction. I think that I used to feel that like, I just like every book I had to read had to like teach me all the things, yeah. <laughs> and to, like, you know what I mean? Just forever, like about human design, about all the things, you know? And so it's really been such a pleasure just like enjoying fiction. Um, and so some books that I loved, I loved Where the Crawdads Sing, which I know is like a big one. Um, the Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. I'm trying to look over at my shelf, but those are two that I really loved this past year. Um, and yeah, I'm just like loving readings. Oh, and also I just finished one called Exit West, um, which is kind of like apocalyptic, but like such a beautiful writer. And it just like is really has felt so nourishing for me. So good. I too also am more now about fiction. Um, well, just entertainment that is outside of, I think it's because we are in yeah. this world and we're always, we're surrounded by personal development and self-improvement and how to be your most expansive self and it can kind of feel overwhelming so it's nice to simply just dive into fiction which also by the way has so many beautiful messages and teachings mm -hmm. just in a more entertaining fashion 100 percent, you know and it's so we learn so much you know just by kind of reading about the human experience and all the things exactly now i might as well ask you the one last question i ask all the euro magic guests and I've asked you this many times, but it's probably going to be different this time than it's ever been before. I don't remember. <laughs> How would you advise the Euro Magic listeners to create their own magic? Oh my God, just doing it in your own way on your own terms. Like I think if, there, if you're going to take away any lesson from human design, it's just that like the way that you're likely meant to succeed and parent and build businesses and partner is different than the people around you. And like the more you really step into that and kind of own your uniqueness, um, probably the more connected you'll feel to other people because you honor that they do it really differently, but also the more kind of magic you feel. And I really find human design is useful, not only individually in finding more alignment in our lives, but relationally and better understanding our partners, our kids, our colleagues, our parents. And it brings so much compassion and understanding of how best to kind of relate and support people that are really different than us. Mm. embrace your uniqueness yeah. my friends all have like we all of course we all have our weirdness we all have our uniqueness and that's what I freaking love about them so I'm glad that you said this and I hope that everybody just honors and owns their weird yes own the weird I feel that so much own the weird yeah where can everyone connect with you I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere so I share a lot on Instagram at Erin Claire Jones my website is erinclairjones.com. If you want to go deeper with me, the blueprint is there, which again is a 30 plus page written guide to your unique design that covers all the aspects we talked about today, the open centers, the channels, all that in a really practical, empowering way. You can use the discount code MAGIC. Yeah. I also offer individual sessions, partnership sessions, family sessions, also group workshops called Flow and I, MAGIC will apply to that as well. That's so good. I didn't know you did family sessions. I love that. Oh my God. It's just so revealing. Like I have so many people come with their partner and kids and we kind of look at how best to support um, their kids and their partner. Oh, that's so And it's so just so good. revealing. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's so just like, good. oh my God. I mean, it's been so useful for me, like retrospectively to kind of look back at my family. But I think that it's just so powerful. You might be a manifesting generator parent with a projector kid and just like knowing that difference and not expecting them to keep up or do it like you is probably going to feel so much better for both of you. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm so curious what both of my parents are. And when I do have kids, I am going to you. Yeah. You know, and when I have my partner as well. Yes. I'm assuming he would be open to this stuff. Not sure, yes. but I'm assuming so. 100%. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on again. I don't know if this was part five or six, but I think it's five. Well, five every single time. Oh. I just love human design and you really have a great way of articulating it and bring it forward. Oh my God. It's my pleasure. And it really is such a fun, powerful, empowering, actionable system. And I love talking about it with you and I love mm -hmm. having all the different episodes so we can just like, you know, flow in whatever direction we want. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Nice. It's Usually so my episodes are like, these are the types. These are the things. Goodbye. You know, and so it's nice <laughs> to just like have more. You stretch we, it we out. built the foundation. Yeah. I can't wait for part six whenever I that happens. Part six. I know. <laughs> perfect time. I know for that for sure. It was so lovely to chat with you. I adore you so much. I adore you um, too. And it was nice connecting with all the people again. Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site. All right, well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day.